This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Queen of Shadows and Akasif, specifically with Nessian mentions. There is also discussion surrounding bullying and sexual assault. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the 90s classic, a beloved movie. This is 10 Things I Hate About You. And it is a retelling of Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. I'm, I had such a bad week at work, and can I tell you, the fact that I had this to look forward to to watch and knew we were going to be recording an episode was absolutely the happiest I've been all week and what I got to look forward to. So I get, like, I'm just smiling because this has been so fun. I think it took me a while to watch it, um, just because I kept pausing it and writing a note and pausing it and writing a note, but it, it didn't take away from the enjoyment of a rewatch. I have to say, I have, I mean, this probably won't surprise anybody. I've seen this movie a thousand times. So good. Uh, it's so good. Um, I have watched it as an adult several times. Uh, I'm very familiar with it. I can recite it. Uh, Jess, I know that you have not seen it in a while. So this was like a, a new fun, like rewatch for you. Yeah. Um, how it was exactly it? how I remembered it though. Like okay. it was, yeah, it didn't. I mean, were there some problematic things? Yes true to 90s film but but we've learned from the things that were issues um we've grown from them um some of the you know name calling words that were used towards people totally not okay but hollywood you've learned you've grown thank you even if it was a smidge i did not realize okay so i am old i'm old i did not realize mm-hmm. That this movie was so incredibly formative for me, down to her, down to cats like black platform sandals, like da- like everything, everything is just so fantastic. I wanted this car. I wanted the car was so good. I wanted her house. I wanted to live. Where, where are they? Seattle. I wanted to be in Seattle. Like I wanted all of this. Tacoma, Tacoma. Okay, yeah, just. Oh my god! And the the school just unbelievable. And okay, okay. I'm Did just... you know that the school used to be like a hotel for a railroad a railroad station, and then it burned down, so it was just renovated, and it's an actual high school, it's Stadium High School. That is the high school when you the, the I want to say dreams are made of, but when you think of an American high school, like a classic, you know, for those teen movies, that's what you think about. It's so gorgeous. I just, I just love it so much. And a lot has been said about like the '90s fashion here, but like with with some glaring exceptions, I still would rock a lot of this. I, you know, I have no problems with it. Um, the red dress that Bianca wears, I know I had that in a red mustard and 
gray because I wore the gray one one year when I dressed up as Karen from Mean Girls and I was like, I'm a mouse. And I wore the gray. I wore that dress in gray. Oh, that's perfect. That was perfect. Oh, my gosh. I had to be work appropriate. So. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted Kat's hair. I, I'm de- I was desperate for her hair. I'm still desperate for her hair. Um, but yeah, so this is very formative for me and I, I just love it so much. So, um, let's kind of, let's kind of go through this and let's start off with Allison Tenney. <laughs> I love her so much. The guidance counselor, Miss Parky, like to, to know. So like Jess and I did the research on this. Actually, Jess did a lot of research on this. We both did. Cause you shared a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have, I didn't even know. I, mine was like, Type I just just typed in the title initially and I put BuzzFeed and then like a whole page of articles came up. You got the grit of it. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, we find out through these articles and we'll we'll post them in the show notes as we do. But like, um, Allison got to like improvise a lot and she got to be really silly and she had a lot of fun on set. And like, <laughs> of course, this came out like right before the West Wing, which is kind of funny. Um, it's so just really good. And this came out in 99, by the way. And, um, oh God, do mess. Just, she's just so funny. I feel like when I was, because there's no way that I, in 99, there were, like, you know, everything was very censored with me when I was growing up. So there's no way that I watched this when it was released, but I know I watched it as I, you know, through high school and as I got older. And it was just, there's no way that I remembered Alice and Janney like her character being who she was. Like I, I probably, I was like, Oh, she's a bitch. And I was like, now watching it, I go book talk. Why have we not used the audio for this? Or like in, you know, bookstagram reels, because when she's writing her smut in the middle of the day, <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. Like, I like that. I like What's that. What's another word for like engorged yeah. and thwarted. And she said, turgid. And I was like, it's our word. <laughs> It's it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And then, um, you know, Kat, Kat gets, uh, I mean, we were like all over on this plot, but like my, my favorite interaction is like, you know, so she, uh, she's telling Kat, she's like, some people like, you know, have a name for you. She's like, you know, what is it? And she's like, heinous bitch. <laughs> she's so proud she of herself. So like, Her I face, how, like, ah, oh. she's like, you know, I love how self-aware Kat is and not in, in you know, in, in a good way because she knows that people think she's, she, she knows what her outward perception is, but she knows who she is as a person. And I think that's just, it's just very relatable, you know, just being, you know, you know what others might think about you. But when you're so, like I said, when you're so self-assured and know who you are, what other people say, it's not going to matter to you because you know that that's not authentic taking a step back uh if we go to the opening credits of this movie if we're talking about authentic how about authentic 90s with those (laughs) opening titles oh my god i got such empire records vibes from the opening and from the closing on this too we ended up on a rooftop uh you know with like wonderful music playing and a you know a helicopter and that was you know the first thing when i when they did the pan out i'm thinking was this a soundstage? But you did the research and said this isn't a soundstage. So knowing that, um, you know, with my background in film now, I'm just thinking this must have been so expensive to shoot, the licensing that was needed, everything. And then you come to find out it t- it was $500,000 for every time that the helicopter took liftoff. So yeah. they basically said you need to do this in one shot and not fuck it up. 
Yeah, that's letters to Cleo, you know, shout out to you because like they um they say in interviews like it was really scary and it was really and windy. windy. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um okay, so uh, I I know that he has done a lot and that he's very like um well-known actor, but I will always call him Bernard from Elf. Yes. And I'm sorry about that. I love numbers. Like numbers is my fucking jam. That that show, yes. But like he's Bernard from Elf. Um, but he's wonderful in this. <laughs> Gabrielle what? Union hasn't aged a day past eighteen. No, no, she's a, yeah, she's you know she's gorgeous and she's perfect and she's chastity and she's so um like not used really in this. She's just like a bitchy like friend. She's not used. There's so there's such a lost opportunity with her just as an actress in general in this film, but as a friend, she, I do you even call her a friend? Because she they're just are they frenemies? Are they just kind of two people who have a fondness towards each other? Because when she knows that Bianca has a crush on Joey, and she goes, you know, I do have a curfew, and then her like and Chastity just swoops in like. You're lost. Yeah. And, yeah. and he, like, what a shitty person he is, too. I mean, we already knew yeah, this. I know this. But, but I can't imagine still liking somebody after that. And then even at the prom, like, I feel like that was the moment where their friendship shifted. Yeah. And at least they fun. didn't try to keep the film going as if they are friends. Oh, yeah. No, you could tell she was just like, bitch. bitch like, right. Yeah. She was done. She's done. Um, Bianca, Miss Alex Mack, Miss I. She has a real name, Larissa, right? Is Larissa? Her- o- I always called her Olink, but then I actually looked phonetically at the spelling. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's like Olenek. Olenek. Um, man, Alex Mack, my child. Every time I see her, I'm a child. Didn't you want to be? Alex Mack. Yeah, I wanted to be Alex Mack. Shit, I would be Alex Mack right now. Like. <laughs> To this day, I will be a puddle on the floor, like, go and have adventures. Like, that was fun as hell. So every time I see her, I'm just, like, nostalgia. And then, again, you know, it's, like, double. And then with Heath, it's, like, triple. Um, Bianca has – okay, so Bianca's annoying to me as an adult. But she has such, like, quotable lines. <laughs> like, the 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 sketcher, like, oh, my God. It's just so good. The difference it's, between like and love. Like yeah. I love my sketcher. Like, she, she likes her sketchers, but she loves, loves her product backpack. backpack. And, but – Chastity loves her sketchers and she goes, That's but you don't have, have a Prada backpack. It's so <laughs> funny. And then she's like, you know, um, or, or Chastity's like, you know, I know you can be overwhelmed. I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever be whelmed? She's like, I think you can in Europe. It's Fair point. So because funny. if you're, th- if, you know, not to sound, you know, not to sound any particular way, but I feel like, you know, when people say that English is such a hard language to grasp, and it is, it, it is. is, and when you're thinking about things um, when you're growing up and in your language classes, you're always told, like, even a prefix of over or under is to accentuate something. So if that, that may, maybe in elementary school, but that seems like a fair question. Like, if you know that, you know, then what is whelmed? You know, it's very philosophical. It's like, please, please. Um, I, I do want to, to mention that this is available on um, Disney, right? Disney Plus? Yeah, Disney Plus we streamed um, it on. But it is edited. They did edit 
What Some of the cussing. And uh, it's a sloppy edit. And um, it's right in the beginning. And it's and it's Allison, uh, Jenny, when oh. she when she says it right, right in the very beginning. So that is unfortunate. But. Oh, come on, Disney. I know. Come on, Disney. But the rest of it, the rest of it is there. You know, the rest of it is there. Okay. So who is in this movie? I know we're all over the place. Um, Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, Larissa. Uh, Gabrielle. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, my gosh. Um, Andrew Keegan and uh, Michael Krumholtz? Krumholtz, yeah. Krumholtz, yeah. Oh, then um, Susan... Susan Platt? She's also she also plays Maureen in Center Stage. Oh yeah 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 yeah. The girl yeah, who plays Mandela. I knew she looked familiar. I couldn't place her. I kept thinking that the like damn she looks like Parker Posey. She was twenty six in this movie, and Gabrielle Union was twenty eight. Yeah yeah. They're just right? they're just beautiful. They're beautiful people. Beautiful people. Okay, so everybody like from this movie had like success. Like this core group had success. And like if you read interviews and stuff, um, because it's like the twentieth anniversary. Like the cast was really close. And Julia started dating Joseph during this, but I also read somewhere that she started dating Dude, Keith. Too. That's what I read. I read that Larissa started dating Joseph, and then. Uh, Julia started dating Heath, but her and Heath broke up in January 2000. So, like, they basically dated at the tail end of this movie and while they were in post, but or I guess, like, a little bit after because this was released in 99. And I read something that said uh, from the director that the sonnet that Julia Stiles reads at the end, which she did in one take, by the way, um... That she was uh, she was crying and she didn't like understand why she was crying. It was just like this emotion that kind of took over. And the director was saying they like they're very surprised. Everyone's very surprised. And uh, they because she was like looking at Heath, but reading this poem about somebody else that she was like deeply in love with that was waiting in a trailer to shoot a scene like in another room. So it's oh. like wait, well, that doesn't really line up with the other stuff that we're hearing. So I don't really know what happened. It sounds messy. It sounds fun. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Flies, walls. Also, though, like, I, I feel like sometimes you see online where people think, like, how do you how do you have these these lines and exchanges with the people that you're working with? And even though you're, in a, you know, you're in character and that's part of the job, how do you not fall for, you know, Heath Ledger? So, oh, my yeah. God. Like, if he's, like, kissing on my neck and saying all these nice things, uh, yeah, Done. I probably... <laughs> Well, and Julia said that Heath is the, it was, I'm going to struggle with that, uh, the best kisser in Hollywood. Like, he he was like, and she said yeah, that like that, recently. Yeah, of like, course. Of, of no. course, of course he is. Of, of course he is, as Heath Ledger. I'm sure he's the best at, like, everything. He was, one, <laughs> he was, he was wonderful. Like, damn. Okay, so, uh, um, so it's Patrick Verona and Bianca and Kat Stratford. So we have lots of Shakespeare in here. Mm -hmm. um, so I like the... We have our teacher. Our, our, our teacher that kind of puts... Um, <laughs> 
Cat in her place Love and it. puts Joey in her place. Um, his place puts, puts everybody in and puts the Rastas in their place. I love him so much. Every time he's on screen, you're just like, yes to everything he says. And like, it's interesting because I, of course, I think we're maybe 10 minutes in the film and they're having their English class. Cat is going, you know, I'm all here for her going for, you know, against the patriarchy, stand up for feminism. Um, but there was a article and again, show notes um, from on Shondaland.com where they praised the teacher and they praised the movie in a way that said, and I'll just like read directly what was written. Um, in an early scene, Kat's English teacher calls her out on her white feminism, explaining in front of the class that her outcry to read more female authors should also be echoed by a call for more books written by POC. Ten Things was willing to criticize its heroine for a lack of intersectionality in her thinking, which, again, and the article continues, you know, this is a 99 and you're still seeing it today, 22 years later after this film was released. And I think it's I think it's great that they're calling she is the protagonist and they're still calling her out. Yeah, it's it's so good. And like calling her out. But like, you know, not pulling any punches because Joey gets it too. You know, one day you're going to get bitch slapped and I'm not going to do anything to stop it. Like, don't get me started on you too. Like, you know, he's he's had he's, enough. Yeah. Like, he's had enough. And we love that. We love that. Oh, my gosh. Um, Joey. Joey, Andrew Keegan. Whoa, buddy. Um, Where are we going to do we start with Andrew Keegan or do we start? Um, let's just start with Joey. Yeah, let's start with Joey. Joey, Eve, me, Donner. I love it. Uh Here's my first, like, creepy moment of the movie where they're like, Virgin Alert, it's your favorite. Like, ew, Joey. But um, I – here's the thing about Joey. I love his, like, horribly fitting 90s, like, outfits, like, all his, like, suits and stuff. And I love how stupid he is with, like, his poses and everything. He's just – he's such a good – I don't even want to say villain. Like, he's just, like, a – good character in this movie because like he is the 90s chad yeah like that is that is what he is like how about when they're at the fight and someone or at the party and someone goes fight and he's like oh fight it's like oh his face when he does it too you're just like oh "Oh, man it's just such like i know so many of you like it was so cringy um so something Something that I like is um, I do like that cat when she goes to the guidance counselor, Miss Parky, says that she maintains that he kicked himself in the balls. We love that. That's just a little aside that I like. Um, but I like that this starts off like a typical, like, I'll bet you for it. I'll, I'll bet that, like, you can get her, like, whatever. He's like, no, I'll do this for fun. Like, this isn't a bet. But then it turns into, like, he's paying somebody else. You know, so because she's all that came out. Right around this time, too. 99, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the premise could have been, like, really similar, but it's so different. It's so different. And they're such different movies. Yeah. It's just, it's just really interesting. Um, ew, ew, ew. Um, (laughs) I have to say that baby Joden, Joseph, Joseph. Baby Joseph Gordon Levitt is adorable. Uh, did you watch uh, Third Rock from the Sun? It was not regularly. Like, I knew of it, mm-hmm. I think. Like, my stepmom and my biological dad did. But 
I, I don't think I, I was attuned to it enough. Like, I know it was about aliens. They come to Earth. They try to, like, matriculate into Earth society. That And they sat on the roof a lot. Yeah. <laughs> those are, those yeah. are kind of what I remember. And Larissa played his love and in- interest, uh, yeah. which is, like, interesting. Yeah, it was a little fun fact, too. But I love him. I love him. And one of my, like, favorite things is, like, uh, when The Dark Knight came out mm-hmm. and everyone was, like, that moment you find out that the Joker and Robin went to high school together and then you see the, like, stills from 10 Things. It's just fantastic. It's it's so good. Um, So uh, Cameron is his character. And Cameron James, which is a play on James Cameron. James Cameron. Which was just, like, I had Titanic no came out a couple yeah. years prior to this. Yeah, I had no idea, though. I was just like, oh, Cameron James, like, whatever. I didn't know that was the reason. Yeah. Like, I, I, was like, I, I Yeah. Whatever. Like, okay. But he says a line, like, directly from uh, Tammy of the Shrew. What is it? It's like, I burn, I pine, pine I... I perish. Yeah, that's, like, directly. And it's, it's so funny. And one of the articles said that, like, it's the movie takes itself seriously, but it's also very like, as you said, self-aware. So like that line could come off like cheesy, like Mamma Mia type cheese, but it doesn't. It just comes off as like just some like stupid boy seeing a girl that he likes just like saying the first thing that comes. From, it's just I just love it. I just I just love it. And then we get the first um uh like mention of the shrew when they're talking about like the cliques and um, Bianca and her sister and all of that. But you know what I don't like in that discussion? Because they're also, because Joseph's character, now I keep going to say James, thinking James Cameron. Cameron, he's just like, you know, pining over her. And Michael has like this whole dialogue and basically saying like, girls like her makes guys like us realize we can never touch her. And they're basically discussing Bianca as an object. And I hate the whole... I, I just hate that whole interaction. I know that's part of the reason why we find this movie so fascinating, even as adults and even as a society, is like just the portrayal of women, but the feminist dialogue and that comes out of it and the conversation that we love about this movie. I'm just so excited. <laughs> this is so, I'm smiling um, the whole time. Uh, so we get another really fantastic quote kind of after everything happens at school and we get, um, hello... Uh, what is it? Kath- Kat- Catherine? Katarina. Kat- Hello, Katarina. Have you made anybody cry today? Sadly, no, but it's only 4.30. Uh, so fantastic. She's reading the bell jar. Uh, you know, that's Sophia a little... Plath. And uh, Julia is actually in real life trying to get that adapted. So that's just like kind of funny. Um, I have a confession. And my confession is that even though it's Taming of the Shrew and they they have to do it this way, I love the dad. I don't like this dating stuff. And I know that the dating rules are the plot. Like, I understand this. But I don't like um, setting the sisters kind of like, um, kind of like against each other on this. Um, The dad doing that. The dad doing that. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. But the dad as a character, I adore him. He's so funny. I'm not a single parent. Um, I'm not a parent at all. Nor am I a father. I can only imagine what a father of two, two girls, two young women is going through, especially as he is an OB seeing young mothers. And I don't like the slut shaming of that comes with teen parenting in this movie. Um, but 
I, I feel like that it's kind of like ruling with fear. Um, I grew up down south. So we we had health at the very basic level. And then we had we didn't have like sex ed, if anything. Like I we did like a abstinence program and we had to sign things in middle school and then I had to sign it in front of my parents and it was so awkward. And they had it was it was an, I just remember a traumatizing conversation where they were like, and if you do kiss a boy, you can never do it laying down because then it could lead to more. Like, I'm Oh, God, did you just like, die on the spot? I will never forget. Oh. I'm at the kitchen table with the, like, abstinence form and this kissing conversation. I'm cringing. This I'm movie. Dying. I'm dying for you. Ew. Like, isn't this supposed to be like a normal convert? Like, the normal thing would be, you know, what the way we grew up would have been, just don't talk about it. Yeah, like, oh my god. Like, let's just assume (laughs) I'm turning red. I'm flushing. I'm embarrassed for myself. (laughs) Oh, it's awful. Okay, let's shift embarrassment. Let's shift embarrassment. Uh, The belly. Let's talk about the belly. Yeah, Uh, she can have the embarrassment. Uh, And then who knocked your sister? Who knocked up your sister? Oh, my God. So funny. Uh, Okay, jumping back, jumping back. So the dad says that, like, um, uh, Bianca can date when Kat can date. And he's assuming that, like, Kat's never going to date. And then that's the whole plot. That sets it up, right? Like, But let's – okay, so then – like, Bianca says something along the lines of, like, oh, this isn't fair just because she's a loser. I don't like the 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 conversation that just because if you're not dating makes you a loser. You already know. Like, I'm not in a relationship right now, but that doesn't mean I'm a loser. Well, and also, what does Bianca say? She's like, I'm the only girl in my grade not dating. It's like, you're, like, 16. Like you're- I'm 16 years old, Daddy. I'm not a child. <laughs> That's how you know we're adults. It's like, oh my God, yes, you are. Well, how about, you know, and then there's the conversation of, I mean, there's a couple years age difference. And again, with the pitting against each the sisters, you find out that um, Kat loses her virginity to Joey when they're in the ninth grade. How old? I think I was either 12 or 13 when I was 14. in the ninth grade. So, 14. So. 14, like 15. Yeah. I, yeah then I was, then I was 13 in the ninth grade. So. Her sister is younger than her. She's in two grades younger than her. Why? And she goes, why didn't you tell me? If you're, th- why would I be telling my 10, 11-year-old sister? Yeah. Why, you know, but also a little bit shame on Kat to say, I wanted you to formulate your own opinion. Because if that happened, you bet your ass I'm telling my sister. Like when she gets to high school. Yeah, like when she's age appropriate. Yeah. Right. No, totally. Um, let's see. I'm looking and, ooh, uh, a little um, trigger warning, content warning. There's a hard R word in this. Yeah, yeah you know, capital ma- capital R here. It said once, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just once, but like, boy, is it, it there? Yeah. And boy, did I go, ooh. Yeah. Not not good. And not how, good. Like, just like how casual it was. Yeah. Not just in this movie, but in Hollywood and regular conversations in general. Yeah, really kind of up until this point, too. Like, I think there's a few up in the early 2000s, but, like, yeah, I think they really phased it out. Um, I don't like Bianca using Cameron. I don't, you know, I really just, like, Bianca's character doesn't do it for me. I'm a cat girl through and through. Uh, I don't like that she uses Cameron. I also don't like that Cameron is is just, like, like, throwing his life at this girl, you know, like... 
There is also, like, uh, they feel like there's two sides to it, though, because, not that I'm defending Cameron, but he feel like, and I'm not, actually, I'm not that I'm defending Kat, but, or Bianca, I don't like that he feels like he's entitled to her because he did all this stuff also. Yeah, that it's not, it's not a good look. It's not a good look, but it's also... Um, very kind of interesting that, um, he's playing, uh, uh, Joseph is playing this character because it's very similar to his character in 50 Days of oh. Summer. Uh, it's the same kind of like, so like you see the, the like villain kind of aspect in that. So then if you took that and like took it to 50 Days of Summer, you'd be like, oh, um, okay. Okay. Heath Ledger. Heath. This movie does a really fantastic job of doing like close-ups on his face so you can see all his beautiful freckles. You can see his beautiful hair and eyes and his smile and his teeth and just like how perfect he was. He he every time I see a movie with him I'm just like we were robbed, you know. Okay. But okay. So this is his first like American movie. Uh, the car was his car. Like Cat's car was his car. How cool is that? Um he he was so great. Like everybody loved him on this movie. He came in like after and people were worried about how he would like uh, fit in, but the cast was very close and, and we just adore him. He improvised the like flame touching the, in, the science class. in the science class. I mean, it's just, it's just so good. Uh, I just, I just love him so much. He's not like a bad guy, right? Like he, I don't. he's not even morally gray. Like he's, yeah. he, you just, you just don't know who he is till you get yeah. to learn who he is. Yeah, uh, but and then it's like shitty because he takes the money, right? Like he takes the money, and that's shitty. But but I feel like it's less shitty than when like Freddie Prince Jr. did it, and she's all that. I feel like that situation's like ten times more shitty than this yeah. situation. And I don't know why I feel like that. Is that weird? No, because you know I will say I didn't realize it till this rewatch. So there's the exchange of money, and. You know, he was like, you know, upping the money. I feel like obviously the miscommunication trope is there. Like the thing, you know, the thing that we love. If you just said, if you just communicated this, everything would have been okay. Like, look, here's the thing. That way, Kat could still be upset with Joey because she already was. Then what? Bianca was going to be mad at her sister like she always is. So, like, there really wouldn't have been any loss there if he was honest to, like, say, look, here's the thing. He's willing to give me money. I'm communicating this with you. We just got $300 richer. Like, I feel like that could have been so different. However, during this rewatch, right after he accepts the money, he realizes kind of like he fucked up, I think. And he gives the band leader money. So I, like, see visually seeing that exchange, I thought he's paying the band leader the money he just got to, in turn, put it towards Cat for this huge, big OG promposal gesture. And then later at the end of the movie, you find out that he, he still put it towards Cat, but got the guitar. Um, but I just think that that, again, is, you know, obviously we wouldn't have had the story. That would have also been an interesting turn of the story if... That was the way it went. They concocted a plan together and put it against Joey. I mean, that's just, you know, if, but then you wouldn't have had the story that we had of, you know, we need, we needed it. We needed a miscommunication there, but that's all. 
Let's talk about Patrick negotiating for more money because of movie prices. He's like, popcorn is like 15 bucks. We go to the movie. We do something else. It's like 52. It's like, like the yo. Jump, the jump, 75. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, going to the movies in New York, that's pretty... Look, life hack, if y'all haven't learned already, if you get the kids meal, you get a refillable drink, popcorn, and a little snacky candy for seven bucks. So that's kind of been my go-to. It is. It's genius. It's genius. Um, let me see. Let me see. I'm looking at my notes. Oh, Heath is so awkward. He's like, hey there, girly. When he like introduces himself, I'm like, oh my God, what is yeah, just to Just to just like mush into her life it was just so it was not organic he came out of nowhere Nowhere, but you know what worked and i hate i hate admitting this because i would have i mean i am there is no secret i am very much a cat in my real life um i am closed off unless you get to know me um but i the whole he realized that wasn't working and then he went to the bar and he it would have worked it would have worked on me. I hate that I am admitting it because if he approached me like it initially, like he initially did to her, wouldn't have worked. I'd be like, what the fuck is up with you? And he's like, I'm not here for you. And then I then I would have been intrigued. It wouldn't have been the dismissal, but it would have been the intrigue. Like you've been trying so hard. Now you're not. It would have been the intrigue. I like how you're justifying it. Like we all wouldn't just like fall at the feet of Heath Ledger. Um, So something that that really stuck out to me was like when Kat uh, rams her car into Joey's car, my first thought was like, he's going to sue the shit out of you. Like he is such an ass. Like he's going to tell his family and they're going to get you. But on the other hand, like his ego would not let that happen. Well, his ego is still so hung up on the fact that he knows he has a tiny dick. Yeah. So it's like uh, So cuz because it because she even said, uh, you know, later I told I said if it ever, ever got yeah. out, then I would tell like of course like the cheerleaders, the popular girls at the school that how tiny his dick, dick is. And if, is, and yeah. if he honestly was confident, he he could have been like, "Go ahead." You know, but clearly that's not the case in men and their egos. Um, but I feel like she, she hung that over his head literally all through high school, literally and metaphorically, um, all through high school. And like you said, it was a whole ego thing. I do think it's funny. I, I do like that. I like the dad. Uh, he's just lovable, but he's like, you know, my insurance doesn't cover PMS, which is absolutely something that would have been said in my family. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Like, oh, it's just, it's just hilarious. And so an, another like little line that I really like is when, um, uh, Michael and Cameron are talking to Patrick in the wood shop and it's like, you know, uh, they're talking about Bianca and he's like, you know, my man Cameron, like he really wants Bianca. He's the true one. He's like, what is she got? Like beer flavored nipples? Like, what is it? And Cameron's like, don't talk about her like that. It's just, it's so cute. It's, it's just, he's so protective over a girl that's not even his. And that is kind of admirable. Uh, one of my favorite shots in this movie is the very classic cliche, just like every movie has it, but the, the flyer drop in the stairwell of this school. Like, oh my God. I'm such a sucker for it. It's such I a good a shot. Sm- yeah. I I remember I was watching it and I was just smiling the whole time. I'm never sick of, you know, maybe it's just like how we grew up or what we were exposed to during our formative years. I just don't feel, and I know this is going to date us, 
They don't make them like they used to. <laughs> I just, you don't see teen. It was such a specific genre, I think is what it is. And you just don't see, you really don't see teen classics the way they used to be. Same thing with romantic comedies. I feel like the only place that's really getting it right now is Netflix. Because they like lean, like, instead of trying to go against the grain, they're just leaning into it, you know? It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Um, Okay, so we have the very classic, very formative... Party scene! Oh, not no, that uh, No. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if you have black underwear, it means you want to have sex scene, which, like, I'm sure everybody took notes on, and, like, everyone was like, <laughs> oh... Oh, because I know everybody that I knew that watched this movie did. Um, it's just like I one feel of like those funny things. You can't have black now without yeah, that. without <laughs> the thought in your head. You absolutely can't. And uh, one of my like favorite lines here is uh, when Cameron like learns that he's like, "Oh, can I see your room?" And they're raiding Kat's room, right? And Bianca's like, "No, no, like a girl's room is private." And she's like raiding her <laughs> sister's room. I was just like, "Oh my god, you're such a little sister." It's mm-hmm. it's so fantastic. Um. Club Skunk is one of my favorite scenes because we have Heath in his shiny pants and those shiny pants are just so funny. But I am so confused by this scene. I just I just do not know what is like what is going on here is I okay? I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Is Club Skunk? Was it like a all ages night? Are they 18? Because they're seniors in high school. Um, is it girls, like, ladies' night? Because it's the whole crowd is females, with the exception of the bartender, one person at the bar, and Heath. And, you know, Patrick. Yeah. Is it... I, I don't know. I don't know what kind... Like, not that it makes a difference. There was a, cl- there was a band yeah. that night. But I just... I don't know. Did she have a fake? Because... Patrick did because he was at a different, like a biker bar drinking yeah, beer. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. So my assumption, my assumption here is that they all have fakes, <laughs> and um, that it's a uh, like lesbian bar, and okay. that. It, but my my question here is, Patrick's like, I can't go to Club Skunk, which if it's a lesbian bar, it's like okay, all right, all right, right fine, right. Like I can't be seen there. I can't be seen there. But then he goes there, and he like knows the bartender, and he like does the handshake. He's like, hey, what's up? It's like. What is this? So I don't know. That's just like one of those questions that were never answered for me. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's one of those things. Um, the That's where he invites her to the party. Yes, that's when he invites her to the party. But I'm looking and my notes says should have used the window. And I was like, what is that? But that's the dad when he catches um, right, he, the, when the she's trying to out. just quietly go down the stairs. Yeah. And he's it's like, just Daddy, like it's just a party. And he's like, and hell is just a sauna. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just some friends. You mean an orgy? You mean an orgy? <laughs> and then we and then we get the belly. Like it's just it's so funny. I I, I just love it so much. Um, the thing that bothers me about okay, the, there's something that bothers me at the party though, and it's Bianca is begging Cat to go to the party. Right? She's begging. She's like, come on, Cat, please. please, please, please. Right? And I don't think that they've had the fight about the pearls. At this point, or maybe they have. No, they they have. They, they have. Ha- they okay. did it before, yeah. right? Okay. I, I feel like I know where you're going with this, but continue. Um, I don't understand why Bianca was so mean. Yes, to Cat at the party. 
Right. Like, she just, like, agreed to, to mm-hmm. like, go out with you. And then now you're in public. You're like, don't talk to me in public. I can't you're be in, around. Like, you're in public because I allowed yeah. you to be, essentially. Uh, so mad. Like, during this rewatch, like, as, like, an adult, like, and, of course, as I said, I've seen this a million times. But, like, that really stuck out to me. And it never has before. I was just like, you are being so awful to her. And she like went out like on the line for you. like And continuously throughout the whole film, every time she wants something, she, Bianca wants something. She obviously needs Kat to get this, like for her permission from her father. She begs and begs and begs. Kat's a good big sister, despite everything, and does, goes to the party, goes on a date with another per you know goes out with with patrick and so you know that and ends up with bianca going out with cameron she keeps doing these things and bianca keeps treating her like shit she's just being a bitch yeah she's being awful and like i don't i don't know you could say like 16 but i don't don't know I, i i was just i was very very upset with that. But um, if we if we go a little more, we have Kat's iconic dance. Did um, you know that that scene is why she got offered the role in Save the Last Dance? Uh, no. And I can't. I don't know why. I don't, I don't, see, I don't see the vision there. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why someone was like, yes, this. But Also, like, I, I'm kind of an, like, even with the table dancing scene, Heath is a gentleman. A gentleman takes care of her. I, I do have a, a a logistics question. She's dancing on the table. The chandelier, full height. She's not hunched. She initially, if you see the beginning of the scene, she is standing full height. Chandelier is down. She has a gap between... <laughs> is it a continuity issue? Yes, oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. There's a gap between her head and the chandelier, and she's fully up dancing. This is before she's hunched over. Then she does, like, you know, she keeps dancing on the table. Then there's a point where she flips her hair back her hair, and her head hits the chandelier. But it's a continuity thing because there was ga- there's a huge gap. And now huh. what happened? Did the chandelier drop in the middle of your dance? I don't know. But it's an issue that I've been having during my rewatches. And, you know, if there's like a scene that's playing... I just, I just always think of, of that. Like technically, as somebody who used to enjoy thoroughly dancing on tables and bars, yeah, I have, you know, I, I have a, a question. Logical. We can't talk about the party without talking about Nigel with the Brie. So Nigel with the Brie, if you watch this very closely, <laughs> like right as like the everybody starts like coming out of the bushes to like with I the party, that. you can see Nigel like panicking with all these people like outside of the door. <laughs> and then of course, like when he's like, that must be Nigel with the Brie and he opens the door. It is <laughs> Nigel. He's running and he's first. Um, that is just like one of those funny little like in jokes. It's, it's just really I funny. I love the scene where everybody's just encroaching on the house. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know what high school parties were like for you. I mean, there was no encroaching. Um, but the inside of that party was very much like parties in high school. Or- oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I-, I have to say, of like all the things that were like maybe not like like my high school, but like the party definitely was definitely like high school. You know what wasn't though is the band. Live band at dances. <laughs> Nobody has that. Um, well, wait. was that because, do you think it was a, um, 
like a, a like when we were in high school, it was playlists and iPods and mixed CDs. That didn't exist in '99, so maybe bands were a thing. Like the the you know the the kids in high school who had their own band. I don't know DJs, man. I don't know. Um, but, but then no, no, because then you can argue Usher and she's all that. Yeah, was the DJ. Yeah, okay, never mind. But they had a dance number. So I mean, if you're going to yeah, go with like very at- like highly illogical things, <laughs> but no, but when there's the, there's the party at the friend's house. Yeah, who's he? Usher is DJing the party. Can't hardly wait. Was there was a a local like their band? Okay, um, we're getting distracted. We're getting distracted. We're getting <laughs> we distracted. digress. We digress. We digress. Um, Heath Ledger has an absolutely fantastic quote in this. He has Cameron. Never let anyone make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Like King. shout it King. louder. Yeah, yeah. Put it on a banner. Fly it from the rooftops. Like Heath, come on, Patrick. Just like how great is that too? Like if you sit and like really think about, it, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you that your standards are too high. Yeah. That's, you know, take take that away from it. Ugh. Um, my other confession is that I absolutely love Heath Ledger's, like, uh, car. Not his, like, real car that we learned about, but his, like, movie car. It's, like, an old, like, like lime green, like, Bronco type situation. I love it. Like, I would drive that now. Right? Right now. Um. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at my quotes, and they're getting a little. Are they um, getting messy? I yeah. will say that. Well, since we talked about the the Heath quote about um, don't let anybody make you feel like you don't deserve what you what you want. Um, like a couple like a couple frames after that, you have the you know he's taking care of Cat. She's on the swings to make sure she doesn't have a, get a concussion. Let me just say, she throws up on him. I think. If anybody's ever thrown up on, like, a a future significant other and they still love you, like, they're like, this is the most beautiful human being in my entire life, you know, if if they wanted to, they would. And that's all I'm saying, because I definitely have done that, (laughs) followed by the first time I've said I love you and was with the person for a very long time. (laughs) So, I mean, if they wanted to, they would. You know, so the the praise here is that Patrick does not kiss Kat in the car when she initiates it. Uh, he pulls away. And Jess, you and I were talking about this, like, before. And it, it's such a good, like, storytelling device because, like, you are, though, like, yes, yes, like, kiss, like, please, like, we want them together. But then when he pulls away and, and you kind of, like, step back from a situation and you're just like, oh, oh, he's making the right choice here. But you feel so embarrassed for her. It's, you know, in a way, this is um, Queen of Shadows spoiler. It's like when Aelin's coming on to Rowan and he pulls away. And she's just, like, devastated. Like, here she did. She put herself out there thinking he's interested. And then he pushes her away. And it's just, like, it's a very vulnerable moment. She put herself out there didn't it wasn't reciprocated in that moment and you know you you're just uh you know i don't want to say like you're you're butthurt because that's not what it is there's a you know there is a little bit you know you're vulnerable and you didn't get and you didn't get the reaction that you were hoping and that's what and that's what cat is going through and that's why she's so hurt and she's so frustrated um and 
I think when you were saying, like one of the articles that we'll have in the show notes, it said in real life, that shouldn't, you shouldn't be praised. Like that's bare minimum. Yes, that should have happened. But in a, to, to have this visually shown, especially in a 90s teen comedy and, and a 90s in general movie, um, it's praised because you don't see that dialogue happen often. You really, really, really don't. Um, something that you do see and hear happen often is Smash Mouth, which is like in this the soundtrack. Ju- the soundtrack is so it's 90s. so good. It's, it's so good. good. I don't mean it oh in a bad my way. Gosh. It's so good. It's, it's so funny. Um, of course, we get the, we have the, um, the sonnet that she has to write, but we have skipped over, I believe, their paintball date. Yes. Or the flashing? No, that's after. No, because yeah, the paintball yeah. is after the flashing. That's after. Um, so they have to write a sonnet, okay? Um, and then we we have a really fantastic scene, an, an archery scene at gym class, right? Um, where Joey comes to talk to Bianca, and Bianca uh, shoots the teacher in the butt, right? Now I don't feel bad. Did you see the video I sent you before? I did, yeah. And I'm like, wait, this so, okay, if you rewatch the scene, and maybe it was just with, like, my, like, how I saw it, the teacher is, re- be, like, feeling up on the student. He's, like... He's just a little too close for comfort. That is, you know, some people have their that 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 is not a trope that I, I'm here for at all. There, he's just a little too close for comfort. And then you have the arrow that Bianca shoots by accident, and it gets that teacher in the butt. And I'm okay with it. At first, I think it was supposed to be like, oh, oh my gosh, she's such an like an airhead. But now I go, no, she just saved that student. <laughs> but that's me watching it as an adult. But also, it's a sight gag because he goes to sit down in detention uh, mm-hmm. later, and he can't. And he, he like sits back yeah. up. It's, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, he's quite like one funny. of those. I mean, you know, it's a public school because he he's the soccer coach, he's the arch, he's the PE coach, he's the detention. Like he's he's just doing all all the things, all the things, all the <laughs> things. Um. So so Patrick and Kat are like in this. Like fight, kind yeah, of. They're on the outs right yeah, now. They're, they're on the outs. She went to kiss him, and he said yeah, no. They're on the outs. So Joey gives Patrick two hundred bucks for limos, tux, flowers, everything. Um, but Patrick also, says, "Also, what like, a cheap prom! What a cheap prom for real." Uh, but Patrick says, "Like, no, he wants out. Like, he doesn't want to do this anymore." And then he gives him three hundred bucks, and it's like, "Oh, okay." Then he'll do it. And then we get the the like kind of montage where he's he sees her at the music store, and then he sees her at the bookstore. Um, and I, my notes here are platform sandals and her hair. So you her know, hair's perfect throughout. Her hair is her hair. Like there's, there's no way yeah, that that's a wig. No, no, that, that has to be her hair. And nobody, then like that was never in any of the like lists and stuff that we looked at. So that has to be her hair. Um, so good. And then we get the scene. I would, I would die. I would like, I would melt in a puddle. And I would die. So in the research for this, we learned that Heath was really singing and he had to make his voice like kind of gravelly because it came out too good. Stop. Like he, he can sing like stop. This man has it all. Heath. Um, I, so I, I read something very interesting that said that Heath was the like third or fourth 
character to sing this song in a movie and then go on to become a villain in a Batman movie. Right. Yeah, not not like the Joker, but just like a villain, like in general, which I thought was very interesting. It's just like this song turns people into Batman villains. And that this song was suggested by Julia Stiles. It was originally going to be, oh, I can't remember, but something, we'll have it in the show notes. But um, one of the songs from the Partridge family, however, not all, like that song had been used two years prior in Scream or like another 90s cult classic movie. Um so this just wound up being a better fit. And it's just, it's so good. And he does the like dancing part and he's smiling and then close up on his smile and she's like laughing and it's just, it's so perfect. And he's like fighting with the security guards and it's just wonderful. And I would die. I would die. I would die. Okay. The controversy here. Um, He gets detention for this lovely song and Kat goes to break him out of detention. And what does she do? She flashes the teacher. She flashes the teacher. And it's awkward for everybody involved how is that your first thought yeah i would that would never that is not the first no no No, that's not an option that is not and also like we had to wear uniforms so it would have been like more (laughs) like a superman kind of situation (laughs) going on uh but um uh, I, w- I would I would never. So, like, that is the controversy there. Like, she should have done something else. And that's weird. And, like, the teacher is, like, weird. And it's all weird. The whole conversation is weird when she goes, oh, you're taking steroids and starts feeling up in front of a Like, ew. In front of a classroom. Because could you imagine if that would, like, could you imagine you have all these witnesses, essentially, to be like, she came on to him. We don't want that for Kat. She just got into Sarah Lawrence. Just got into Sarah Lawrence. Did you see that Sarah Lawrence is Larissa's, like, alma mater? Mm-hmm. Did you know that in the German version of this movie, um, they don't say Sarah Lawrence. They say Harvard. Oh, that makes sense. And, and you know, when they're snooping through her stuff and they talk about the picture of Jared Leto um, in Germany, it's Johnny Depp. Oh, sure, because nobody over there would know who... <laughs> Jared is at this time. Yeah, like they weren't watching my so called life or into um Thirty Seconds to Mars at this time. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Um Okay. So we have the date. The date here. We have the paddle boarding and we have the paintballing. Also, I'm very like I love that they did that, but at the same time. I'm confused to be like, she finds out he, I guess it was just like another grand gesture, right? Like he did this grand gesture for her. So her, her, she's reciprocating the grand gesture of getting him out of detention. Cause the date could have, you know, me logically, I'm like, okay, well, we'll just reschedule like, a date. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it another day. <laughs> no, yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was like the, the, the gesture of it all. Um, uh, it's, it's such a cute, it's such a cute date. And, the and paint, it, the paint, because it's yeah. not paint balls. It, 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 like, paint balls. Like, yeah. It's like paint balloons. I don't want the welts that come with paintballing. Um, nobody who I, I have a really good aim. Nobody I'm going against will want me to play paintball with you. Um, but I like the idea of water balloons filled with paint. I think it's really fun and cute, and I wish it really existed. Yeah, and they like put it over their heads and stuff, and like you can't do that with real paintballs because they're hard as hell. But it, it was just, it was just so fun. But my next like line here is gaslighting, lying, smoking, therapy. Uh, because after this wonderful date, they go and mm-hmm. they sit down at her house, and then he starts pushing prom, 
And rightly so. She's like, she picked up on it right away because their whole date. They, it hadn't been like that the entire yeah. time. Yeah. And she's like, why are you like this? Like, what are you, what, what? are you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and then he, he starts gaslighting her and he starts lying and he pulls out a cigarette to smoke and, you know, all, all of this stuff. And, and that's the moment you're just like, ah, yeah. again, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Missed yeah, opportunity. Just like, come on. But then we get, um, the dad uttering his really fantastic line about those river kids, those Dawson's river kids, <laughs> which is just so funny. Like, I, I mean, just dying. And I guess Dawson's Creek came out in 96, I want to say, or 97. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I didn't look it up for this. Um, but the timing, it was just so timely that the movie came out in 99. So you knew production had to start at least a year ago, which means the writing had to happen in 97. So like chronologically, it made sense. 98. First oh, episode, January 98 of so Dawson's I Creek. writing, I mean, unless they just, you know, editing and all that. Oh, it's, it's so good. It, ugh, I love the dad. Um, okay. So then we get the sister, as you alluded to earlier, the sister talk about the reveal, right? Um, and oh. she's still like this is another thing about Bianca. I'm pissed. She's still pissed. She's yeah. still being just a nasty little sister towards Cat. Uh, Even I- after she opened and was honest about what happened and what transpired to her personally. I do want to take a step back and just mention real fast that Cat uh, is wearing tiny like a seed pearl necklace during their date which i think is really funny because they had the fight about the mom's pearls but like i feel like she went into bianca's room and just took them back because she wore them at the prom too yeah this is a different set of pearls oh so so i feel like she was trying to like you know you know like okay well i'll wear pearls too and then this is like what happened in my head like behind the scenes and then bianca was like oh i see and then she let her wear for you know oh because they had that like they finally yeah and then with prom that's what happens in my head behind the scenes of course we don't have any of that but um so we get the reveal that joey and kat you know had sex and it was awful and she held it over his head and but yeah i i have right here um going after the virgin is so gross bianca is getting so mad and they have a sister fight bianca you were a child (laughs) so (laughs) Yeah, so everything that, like, Jess, you said earlier. Um, like, I, and still, like... I, course, but they, there's no point in this relationship between Kat and Bianca that they were very they were close to begin with. So even yeah. if Kat would have shared that information, it, you know, maybe to what you said with um, the father continuously, assumingly, um, pitting them against each other in that sort of way... And again, like, this is the father clearly needing his own therapy and how he parents, um, that they might not have been, like, close growing up in general. And then, you know, there's the age gap and you would think, okay, now we're in high school. They might either get closer. Or not. Or not. And that's clearly what happened. So the assumption that Kat, that Bianca was entitled to this information that Kat should have shared with her when when were they ever close for Kat to want to share this information also? Yeah, and, and also, like, weird, right? Like, yeah. Like I said, you wouldn't have shared, like, I wouldn't have shared this if I was in high school and my sister was 11. No. No. 
Ugh. Okay, so we've made it to prom. We've made it to prom, and they're all so happy, right? She's like, I had a dress. Like, I just had a tux. Like, we all just... They're just, they're just happy. In fairness, don't you have stuff in your closet where you're like, I just had this laying around. Yeah, but not when I was in high school. Okay, true. Now I do. Well, no, not physically they're in the crates, but, um, (laughs) but But like as an adult, yeah, like now, now I could be like, yeah, I could go to like prom, whatever. I have a dress, but like not when I was like 18. Um, but we have the reveals. We have Joey, Cameron, Kat, Heath, and Bianca, and everything is out in the open. Everybody's like yelling at each other. Um, and something that I don't like here that kind of was off-putting was Kat is screaming at Patrick, right? She's like, you know, I can't believe you did this. Like, you know, was it just the money? Da, 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 da. And he, like, grabs her and, like, kisses mm-hmm. her. And I was just like, this is not appropriate. This is not the reaction. I would have hit him, personally. I would have hit the him. Fact, uh, yeah, I, because he did. I physically pushed. I was yeah, like, no. I was just like, no. Like, no. No. Oh, my God. Had an, an, an intrude teen rom-com fashion for these movies she reacted the exact way anybody would have reacted it's just like when laney did and she's all that she's like is this true am i a bet am i a bet am i a fucking bet yeah and he's just like yes the f-bomb heard throughout my childhood like that was like (laughs) an echoing f-bomb that like (laughs) yeah reverberated throughout my childhood and she's all that um yeah so the instance where I really like Bianca is when she fucking punches Joey yes. straight in the nose. It's like, that is for my sister and that's for me. It's just like, yes, you tell him. You tell, she, yeah. And he's like, damn it, Bianca, I have to shoot a nose spray ad tomorrow. It's just like, oh my God. Priorities, <laughs> Joey. Joey. Oh my God. Uh, but then we have Chastity like in the bathroom Ugh. saying like, Saying exactly, saying like <laughs> Joey was just gonna nail you tonight. Like that's all this was. Like he had a like. But a- also, what again? What kind of friend can you call yourself if you know this information, and then you still went to the prom with him? Yeah, I do like though how Joey showed up at uh, Bianca's house, and the dad <laughs> was just like deadpan and just like slammed the door in his face. That was great. He's like, I got to be. I know. He's just like enough, enough. Well, he already hated Joey right. because he was like, I already know about this Joey kid. And he's like, okay. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so then, obviously, prom is over. Prom is ruined. <laughs> Something that I find slightly unrealistic, and of course, we're at the tail end of the movie here, is like the next, like what, like mid-morning? Yes. She goes, thanks for last night. Yeah, they're all up and like going sailing? Well, okay. What? Not realistic. I didn't go to my prom, but basically like my the people that I know did. Well, obviously I know people in high school. I just didn't get asked, so I didn't go. Um, but the group of friends that I have, they went to a house, they stayed up late, there were beverages, I will not disclose what kind, but everybody had a very late start to their morning. Um these two, I th- feel like the fact that they came home right after, there was no drinking, there was no party bus, there was no limo. I, I did chronologically think like, oh, how far is this? But then when she said last night, it threw me off. Yeah. But realistically, I'm like, they're they're just going back home. And they had they a were, bad time. They went home. Yeah. They went like, home early. Like, yeah. prom usually goes till probably about 12. So I'm assuming they got there at like 7 shit went down left at nine home by 10 yeah 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 
Um, the, the conversation that Kat and her dad have are just, it's so sweet. You cried. Yeah. Oh, it was so sweet. I just don't do well with like father daughter scenes. Oh yeah. No, but like, and he's let, like, I mean, let, he's like, you know, I already sent the check to Sarah Lawrence. Like, you know, you're so strong and I wish, you know, she was more like you and all, all the, all the like when he says that he was impressed too, when she's like, oh, you miss, she's like, oh, are you upset that she's becoming like me? You know, I'm rubbing off on her. He's like, I'm impressed. Ah, uh, it's like all the things that you want to hear as like the mm-hmm. oldest, like only or like only daughter, or, like right. you know the responsible, daughter. like all the things you ever want to hear. Just like okay, thank you. It's the, that Ugh. validation feels like the validation that you didn't think you were looking for is there, and it makes such a difference. Ugh. Um, and then we get the sonnet, which is not actually. Like technically right. Yeah, what I think, even when she's like, "Do you want that in my ambic pentameter?" And even the teacher was like, "Fuck off!" Like, yeah. Just leave me alone. Now you're pissing me off. Like, like yeah. Um. So there's a little controversy about the sonnet. Like, is it good? Do we like? Do we like it? Because people are torn. People are like, "It is so awkward that I can't even deal with it." And other people are like, "No, she's having like a, like a moment, you know." And like I go either way depending on when I watch it though because he's just sitting there like this he's just staring at her this whole probably time probably cause he knows he has the guitar in her fucking car already and yeah. he's like he's, he's probably like <laughs> slam dunk <laughs> just you wait yeah. like, I don't know <laughs> uh funny um, but yeah so how did you how do you feel about it it's cringe I, I here's the thing do I love the scene do I love I love the I love the vulnerability that she's sharing with him. It's cringe when then you pan out and it's the whole classroom and you're like, yeah. oh, that's right. You're in a classroom. Yeah, this I is for never, a grade. Yeah, I could never. One thing I do like that a lot of schools seem to do now um, is they don't make you stand at the front of the class. Like if you do have to read aloud or something, you can do in your seat. You can mm-hmm. sit down. Like I do appreciate that. I think that there's, uh, you know. They're acknowledging that this might not be the best place to put people uh, literally in the spotlight in front of their peers. And they don't necessarily know how your peers are treating you. So I do appreciate that now. Um, very awkward in this scene. Um, in this moment, I liked it. A lot of things that I liked, it just reminds me, it is very, there were parts that were very, it reminded me of Nesta and Cassian the banter. Um, I mean, obviously this is way ahead of net, but you know, whenever you're on like book talk or bookstagram and people are using reels and then you kind of reuse pop culture and media. This is one of those scenes, just, just them in general in this movie is very much Nessian, uh, Nessian and I love cast. So that works for me. <laughs> and I'm looking and I'm looking and it says, um, so do we think then that gift giving is Patrick's love language or like big gestures, like big gestures? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, see, I think you and I had a separate conversation about different acts, like love language, different acts of love language. And I feel like big gestures and gift giving. Yes. But you could also argue like, like you said, grand gestures and acts of service, like that kind of, is encompassed here too. Yeah. 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 
Um, I'm looking and if you, so this end scene, they're at the car, you know, you oh, yeah. know they're, they're making out. It's fantastic. We love, love it. it. We, he gives her the guitar. Um, they pan out here. And if you look, she parked in staff parking, which is just like one of my favorite little, like, <laughs> but you know, even if it was just a, a flub in the production, like, oh, we forgot to, you know, it fits we with have her character. That. It fits with her character. It's just, so it's, yeah. I don't, I don't, if it was like one of those flukes, I don't mind it because it feels very intentional. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And then, you know, we pan out and we have, and there are bloopers that you can watch online. And the other band, the, the band that Patrick has calls in a favor for that plays at At the the prom prom is Letters to Cleo, but the the first band was Safe Ferris and, you know, love that. Um, I love this movie. Like I, I, I was reading all those articles and all those articles say like, yes, this is the best adaptation of uh, the Taming of the Shrew because it is very difficult because it's like essentially like Stockholm Syndrome and he like tortures her. But like this is a good take on it. But also it's just one of the best like 90s like teen movies because there are a lot that came out in the 90s and this one came out in 99. It's at the tail end, but it is one of the best. Right. And, you know. There was, again, we'll have it, the link in the show notes. There was an article in Refinery29, and they did an interview with the writers. And one of the questions that Refinery asked was, why do you think the film is still so relatable for teens of this generation? And one of the writers said, um, it's about the core things that never, you know, in this interview happened for the 20th anniversary back in 2019. And one of the writers said, it's about the core things that never change as a teenager, finding love, finding yourself, and then just breaking out of from the pack and the other writer also mentioned like cat being a feminist character and a rebel and a light activist in her spirit really speaks to current teen like current teenagers current teen culture just current culture in general and i and how can you deny that because we are still in a state of just being aware and saying like no, fuck this. I don't agree with how things are going. We need to change the narrative. We don't have to be complacent if we don't agree with how things are going. And Jess, there was also another quote from that that article that you sent me. Oh, so the writers, they also wrote Legally Blonde, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde, and they're in the process of working on Legally Blonde 3. They also wrote She's the Man, uh, Ella Enchanted, House Bunny, House Bunny, and I think The Ugly Truth, but The Ugly Truth really has not aged well. I rewatched it one, uh, like a maybe like a year and a half ago or something. But this is not okay. How did this pass? But you know, Hollywood. Um, so the I digress. So the question was: After Ten Things I Hate About You, you wrote Legally Blonde. Both Elle from Legally Blonde and Cat from Ten Things are considered feminist characters, even though they're both widely different. And both the writers, the one of the writers said, Karen. Karen and I are very different, and we're both very strong and independent feminists. We wouldn't match as twins on paper, but we have that common thread. Aspirations, strong points of view, passion for life, that's the common core that we share as humans, and it could come out in different shapes on screen. The other writer followed up with saying, you can be a feminist in different packages. You don't need combat boots and a protest line. You can have the pink dress on like your, and like getting your nails done. It's what's on the outside however on the inside it's your brain and your heart that can be very similar oh it's so good i love it i love the writers 
I would love to work with them someday. I just, I think they're amazing. I mean, and just how fantastic too. It's like you can, you know, you don't have to to fit a mold. Like you can be your own person and you can like have all these like thoughts and feelings and like be strong and like, yay, feminism. But, you know, that comes in all like shapes and forms. And it's Which just is so what important. we love about like the books that we read, the movies that we watch, the people that we know and we engage in. Like there isn't, it doesn't have to be cookie cutter. And I like that 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 that's an important conversation to have. It's one of the most important conversations to have, I would think. But oh my gosh, it's just it's it's wonderful. I love this movie so much. Um, I don't feel like I have anything else to say, which no. is weird. Um, just I ugh. mean, I could rewatch it. You know, that's I, the I thing. Could when watch you're it again, done, like, you the second you're done, you're not like, okay, I need a pause. Like, I won't watch that for like you're ready. You're ready to rewatch it. You're like, that was fun. Let's do it again. I mean, I was listening to uh, Letters to Cleo, um, "Cruel to Be Kind," iconic song. This is perfect. Uh, right before we started taping, you get it stuck in your head, and it's I mean, the perfect combination of pop, punk ska like all those 90s influences all at once it's just it's just so wonderful and i'm really happy that like 90s and like early 2000s like fashion is like swung back around uh i i have purchased repurchased my flares and i will not get rid of them again they will be with me forever now because in another 20 years when i'm old and decrepit i'll be fitting into them again i swear to god my hot pink flares are coming tomorrow i'm so excited and Um, then i got my red corduroys that are coming i mean these are things that i was mad i was forced to get rid of and i'm like rebuy rebuy must rebuy must rebuy so oh my gosh um I am interested if anybody is listening, uh, what <laughs> is your favorite like 90s teen movie? Because I know there's like some good ones or some bad ones. And I'm wondering if there's some that like I haven't heard of and haven't or like haven't watched. So uh, if you think you've got like a really good one, um, let us know. Yeah, let us know because I feel like I watch, I, I rewatch the same ones after a certain point and you've gotten me to, you know, through the podcast and just like sitting me down and saying like focus um like i would have never watched empire records you know i know the craft had i had watched but it had been some time there's a lot of ones that i like that we get to explore and like you had said during our moulin rouge episode re-watch as an adult see if they still hold up or what are your learnings if they don't and are they still just as wonderful and this definitely this one definitely is oh it definitely is oh and, um, of course, yes, Jess did watch Empire Records when she was here to visit me. And it is amazing and fantastic and a wonderful 90s movie, too. But please let us know uh, what your favorite 90s teen movies are. So feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And that's all we got. We appreciate everyone listening. Thanks for your time. Feel free to leave a review. And um, we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.